Welcome to another episode of the Responding to Life podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Brian Levine. He's the founder and CEO of Nodal, a new surrogacy matching platform and founding partner practice director at CCRM New York. He has been helping patients grow their families for a decade and is board certified in both reproductive endocrinology and infertility and obstetrics and gynecology. In 2022, Levine launched Nodal, a surrogacy matching platform that offers transparency, equity, education, and support for both surrogates and intended parents, and brought on the best minds in the business, several of which have been surrogates or patients via surrogacy to build the platform together. Welcome to the show, Dr. Levine. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to get uh, talking about a really exciting topic. Yes. And I, um, as someone who has gone through surrogacy as an intended parent two, t- two times, two different times at two different companies, I'm really um, excited to see uh, and hear about how and what inspired you to found your company, Nodal. So, um, you know, we all have that terrible talk when we meet with our fertility doctor, um, when we realize that we're going to have to pursue alternative methods. So I'd love to hear what your experience has been with talking to patients over the years about having this talk and how that sort of inspired you for these next steps. Well, I'll start by saying thank you for sharing uh, with the listeners today about your own journey and saying you know, openly that you've gone through this twice because I think it's so hard for people to even know someone who did it, who's not a celebrity or in the newspapers or something like to know that real people can have real families through surrogacy. Um, and sometimes it's so hard to even think of one person. So thank you um, for being open about that. Yes, you're right. It's true. It is hard to find people who have gone through the process. So it's always um, a pleasure to sort of shine a light on these stories. So The truth is I love my job as a fertility doctor. I have the most unbelievable job possible when it works. And what I mean by that is people come in with a problem and the solution typically takes some intervention and then a whole bunch of waiting that we call gestation. And at the end of that journey, there tends to be a baby on the other side that is proof for people that their hard work and dedication to starting or growing a family is possible. However, as a fertility doctor in New York City, in arguably the busiest IVF market in America, right, more IVF occurs within the five square miles of Manhattan than any other place in America, surrogacy is rather new and novel. In fact, it was only legalized in the state of New York in February of 2021. And with the legalization of surrogacy came an entire onslaught and a rush of people saying, great, let's do this. Buy me a surrogate. And for me, as a doctor who's been practicing this now for a number of years, before February 2021, surrogacy typically meant let's make embryos here and we'll find somewhere else to do the transfer and somewhere else to do the journey. But now the people were saying, we want to do this in New York, I became intimately involved in the process. And as I learned more about the process, I watched something happen. The demand was going up. 
the supply of surrogates seemed pretty constant, but supply and demand economics were starting to take hold. And when I started looking forward while looking backwards at the history, we started seeing very clearly and quickly that the cost of surrogacy was skyrocketing as the demand continued to build. We were seeing the cost of surrogacy that were five years ago estimated to be seventy-five to $100,000 for a journey. We're now approximating $150,000 to $200,000 for a journey. And when you looked at the breakdown of the cost, you started to realize that the cost was not driven by the woman doing the heavy lifting, the surrogate commanding or demanding more compensation. It was more by this messy middle layer, the administrative costs those imposed by the agencies or the brokers. Mm -hmm. What ends up that as I watch the economics changing before my eyes and the, wait and the wait times going from months to potentially years, there came a point where I hit my breaking point. And you use the word that I used all the time, terrible. I literally got to the point where I started saying to patients as a preamble, we're about to have a terrible conversation. And what the patients would say to me is, it's okay. We understand that biologically, this is not going to work for us, either because it was a gay male couple or a single father by choice or a woman with a previous diagnosis of cancer or someone where embryo transfers didn't work before. People were very honest. We get it. This is, this is something that you know, we have to embrace. But I told them that's not what's terrible is that someone else has to help you deliver your baby. What's terrible is that you're being preyed upon in this very strange new world that we're looking at of on-demand surrogacy. Mm -hmm. So to help solve a problem, I created what I thought was the first solution. If every agency said that the bottleneck to them helping someone to have a baby was a match, let's focus on the match. Let's focus on helping people meet each other in a transparent, timely and cost-effective way, and hence Nodal was created. Well, I mean, thank you for that really um, thoughtful introduction and a look at really what is happening sort of behind the scenes um, of just a quick look into the surrogacy process. And, you know, I take for granted that I've been through this twice and that, you know, all of that so of what you described was... Um, was something that I went through, but many of the listeners don't really know about the whole surrogacy process. As we mentioned before, you know, it's something that uh, it seems to be uh, very new to people. And as you even mentioned, in certain states, it just became legal. Like I remember we, when we first started, we were fortunate because we were in living in Massachusetts where it was possible. And then the second time we, um, where we're currently living is also legal in California. But, you know, those are some things that people don't realize when they're even sort of broaching this idea of um, surrogacy. So let's dive in a little bit more then. And if you wouldn't mind, Dr. Levine, describe how this company works and how this sort of transparent matching between um, intended parents and surrogates um, happens. Sorry, can you say it again, the audio cut out as you were saying it? Oh, yeah, I would love for you to explain um, how the matching process works. Great question. So the concept behind Nodal is that we're creating a ethical, transparent process. 
that is rooted in both the intended parents and the potential surrogates being invested in understanding who they're going to be working with and a common goal. So as opposed to the traditional agency where intended parents reach out to them and then say, help me find someone, what we've done is we've turned the model upside down. Instead, what we do is we have surrogates help build a profile and on our platform, they build a profile that's representative of who they are and tells a little about their family and their story and also some of the key features that they want. You know, how, how do they want this journey to happen? Do they want to fly to the intended parent or do they want to be within driving distance of their current home? Do they want to do one embryo transfer or two embryo transfers, COVID vaccination or not, open or closed? And the last question, which by the way, is so fascinating to me, is about the compensation. In fact, we have seen almost across the board, it was the compensation that drove me nuts, right? That I felt the surrogates were not being compensated enough during the entire process. But compensation seems to be the last thing that surrogates really name as you know their wants and desires, what they want this match to look like. But after we get their information and we understand who they are, we are able to use a high-tech approach to be able to screen their medical records. Many agencies say that their secret sauce is to have a timely match with a vetted or screened surrogate. And what they do is they collect medical records from disparate sources. Those medical records are read by people and people then make checklists and approve them and move on. Well, that's very analog. So what we do instead is we use data sources and electronic records and electronic medical data and insurance data and other data about people with their consent because the surrogates have asked to build the profile for them. And we do screening. If we learn that someone, for example, has ever been prescribed lithium, we know that they could have a risk of having something like bipolar disease, and they may not be the best candidate to be a surrogate or antihypertensives or cholesterol medications, right? There's a whole host of things that you have to screen for in the medical records. And we're looking at it from the prescription data and from other data. But once we can efficiently screen that surrogate, we've helped them build their profile and they put their profile online. The intended parents also get screened using a high-tech approach, making sure they pass a background check and all the other screens. And then we help them build a profile. But as opposed to the traditional model, where a surrogate gets a phone call and says, we have a great opportunity for you and these intended parents live in California or Chicago or wherever else they live. We've turned the entire model upside down. What we do is we present each potential surrogate three intended parent profiles at once. We let the surrogate review the records or review the profiles of the potential intended parents. And if she doesn't like those three, we'll present her another three. And the way that we present those profiles are based upon her requests or desires of who she would like to match with. But ultimately, a la Bumble, we let the surrogate make the first move. And by allowing her the opportunity to make the first move, we think that we strengthen the relationship between the surrogate and the intended parents. We empower that surrogate to really feel like she had agency, optionality, and choice in this process. And most importantly, is that we think we're building a safer, stronger relationship together 
because they're both so intimately engaged in the process. That's so fascinating to me. Um, just the, yeah, as I, as you were talking about it, Dr. Levine, I was thinking about my own experience and what sort of the matching process looked like. And uh, for us, you know, we, we were the ones, you're right, you did turn your um, um, sort of approach upside down because we were the ones who received um, potential surrogates to review, but we only received them uh, one at a time. So that's interesting that the surrogate is the one who sort of leads and gets at least three people or couples to, to look at. Do you feel like that has sped up the process at all? So I think it's done a lot and speeding up is one thing to look at, but just remember as a physician, I still follow the old adage of haste makes waste. So mm. speed is not the goal. It is empowerment. And for this surrogate to realize that she has optionality sitting in front of her, to realize that she has the opportunity to work with different types of intended parents, to see profiles for what she's hoping to find, we think makes a better match because now this woman, who is a mother by definition, who probably has a family at home, can now really think through the decision tree of how this next step in her life and this journey for this family is gonna impact her own family. And more importantly, if I was an intended parent and I got a message from Nodal that said, you've been matched, would you like to meet this potential surrogate? I think that'd be one of the best days of my life. And it would take that terrible conversation that someone had in my office or with their reproductive endocrinologist and turn it upside down and say, today's a good day. I think I'm going to have a family and I think I'm going to get to grow my family. And so optionality and agency and allowing people to feel like they have equal choice is so important because the current model is opaque, right? Even you just now, a double success story of the system reflected back on the fact that you're like, I think I had one profile at a time. And I'm, I could hear, you know, the mental wheels turning there because it's almost like you put it away and you put it in a box. You don't think about it, what you went through, but I'm sure at the time there was definitely a moment where you're wondering like, where's that next profile? Or should we go look at that other one that we saw before? And so instead, what we're trying to do is to just be open and honest across the board. I love that. Yeah, um, it's true. It is It is a very sort of uh, opaque model the way it's done. And, and so I'm curious then. So once the surrogate reviews potential matches and decides upon um, a match, what happens next within, within Nodal? Great. So, you know, the, the bottleneck of surrogacy that we are addressing is the match, right? Every agency says that is their Achilles heel, that vetting of records and matching with intended parents is the rate limiting step. So that's what we're doing today. But today as a company, what we're also doing is we're helping to educate and empower 
And so we are building a community and each surrogate is assigned a surrogacy mentor, someone who's already gone through that process. Someone who's already had a journey who can tell you about the ups and the downs and the pitfalls. And we're helping people think about mental health in that fourth trimester, right? The, the postpartum period when that surrogate doesn't go home with a baby, but still has all the physical changes that happen in that postpartum period. How do you address those? How do you cope with those? How do you protect those so that you can go back to being the mother for the children that you have at home? So we have a surrogacy mentor. We have a robust community of previous surrogates. We also are building on a community for intended parents so that they can talk to other people who probably like yourself, know that this is a beautiful process that can help people and that it is a little awkward and that it is uncomfortable because it is so hard to identify someone else who went through it, right? Today, we know so many people, our friends, our colleagues, you can almost go to like the water cooler or the copy machine and find someone who did either egg freezing or IVF, but it doesn't feel the same way about finding someone else who did surrogacy. So we feel by building a community there, we can help support intended parents with their really important questions, which are probably shared amongst many people. On top of that, we're building out legal resources today. And in those legal resources, we're helping intended parents and surrogates understand what they should be looking for in the contractual relationship with each other. And then ultimately, we're not competitors to agencies, we're collaborators. Almost every agency in America today offers a discount, a discounted rate if you bring your own surrogate to them and they don't have to do the search. So for those individuals who after they match on nodal, they wanna to go to the next step of working with this intended parent or working with this surrogate, they go to an agency, that's fine. And hopefully they saved money by using us and they were able to save some money for diapers and for formula, because we all know those get really expensive really fast. But for some other people who may not have the financial resources to use a traditional agency, we'll also help guide them toward legal resources if they wanna find lawyers who are um, willing and able to help work with them on a discounted rate. We also have been able to find agencies that might be of lower cost, or even to potentially help people use just case management services to do an agency light model. And we help people navigate the insurance world and the escrow world, because there are all these steps, but the process of surrogacy is quite methodical. And yes, it does vary from county to county in America, but the process is relatively similar no matter where you go. And that first step that everyone says is the problem is the supply and the match. And that's what we are addressing today. I love that. I, I really wish that your company was around <laughs> a few years ago when we first started our, um, our surrogacy process, because it really was, um, it was a really tough experience because as you mentioned, it's, a. Uh, not many people out there that can support you and provide you with insight on what the process looks like. And so I was really happy to hear that not only do you have um, support and mentorship for surrogates and as well as support in their postpartum period for their mental health, that's just fabulous and well needed. And I did see that with, with agencies, um, you know, my two surrogates had, um, they had their own communities and and support to guide them along. But what I didn't have for myself was a support for intended parents. And 
was really happy to hear that you're offering that through your community as well, because it's really important. And you're right, it can be a very awkward uh, relationship. I always describe it when I write about it, that it's um, like no one gave you any guidelines for this new relationship. You know, we all know how to navigate friendships and coworkers and things like that. But how do you navigate a relationship with a surrogate? It's not, it's very foreign and something that you kind of have to create as you go. So I love that uh, in addition to sort of addressing the bottleneck of the process, you're also going to these next steps of offering um, guidance, resources, support for both sides. And, you know, it's funny, as a doctor, I always remind patients that the root of the word hospital is the same as the root of the word hospitality. It's a service profession. And I took an oath as a doctor to do no harm. And it might sound hokey and it might sound trite, but to me, I took that really seriously. And one of the reasons I started Nodal was because I felt like I was doing harm by putting people into the current state or the current system that we have today. And even though I may not have been making any you know, meaningful changes in it at that time, and I thought that by telling people it's a terrible conversation, it probably just made myself feel better. I came to the realization that I was really just complicit and that I was just perpetuating the system that I was complaining about. And so as the parent of two little girls at home, who I hope to leave a legacy to where they can understand if they see a problem and they can articulate a problem, it's their responsibility to fix that problem. I took my own advice to start this company. And the goal of this company is not to be this, you know, blockbuster Wall Street stock. No, the goal of this company is to have a bunch of people say, do you know what? I couldn't afford a family with the current system. And the way that I was able to start my journey and actually afford to have a kid was this way. And so partnership and conversation and open, honest dialogue is so important. And in this world where people only post their wins online, right? Social media feels like only the best life that people can ever share. Well, we can maybe be part of their best life because I can tell you my social media is all about my kids. I mean, yes, there's some professional stuff here and there, but my kids make me the happiest that I am. So if we can help people see that there is a happy way forward that doesn't require begging and borrowing and stealing from family members, then I'm glad that we helped at least someone. Or I could tell you today, we've helped a whole lot of people so far and we're just getting started. That's so fantastic. And I love the, the motivation behind your company and um, the way it is changing the game and helping others. And so excited to be able to share this with my support groups and through the, through the listeners of this podcast, because it really is such a great resource coming from my own experience and reflecting on it. I really honestly could have used this, um, your company back then, because it was really murky in, in the beginning, trying to go through that matching process. Um, and it, it really is just so inundated with so many steps. It's nice to know that there is some guidance out there outside of just an agency. And if you decide not to work with an agency, that there are other options as well that you can sort of lead other people to. Um, I always describe our surrogacy process as a 
sort of a combination between our adoption process and IVF because of all the paperwork and all the legal and just all the extra steps on top of medical. Um, so any anything that can help sort of this very uh, convoluted process and and heart aching process because it's, you know, you're trying to build your family, then I'm all for it. And I love being able to amplify um, resources like this. So thank you, Dr. Levine. Well, thank you too. Um, look, I, I think we need more people like you, like people who have the baby photos afterwards, people who have, you know, the word convoluted and happy in the same sentence um, is really important. Um, and I think it's amazing, you know, that you guys have taken the time to focus on this conversation today, because I'm sure this is not the classic conversation that people think they're going to be listening to on a podcast. Um, but as my wife always jokes, um, I become incredibly popular at cocktail parties because I'm the guy who wants to talk about something that people don't know about, which is so much more palatable than talking about the news these days. Indeed. <laughs> Uh, so I'd love to um, let our listeners know how they can um, look into your company, Nodal, um, and sort of what that beginning process will look like for them. Well, great. I, I hope that people will go to our website, which is nodal.com, N-O-D-A-L.com, or they can follow us on our social media, and we can give you the links as well for our social media tags, but for Nodal Health on um, the popular social media platforms. Um, and they should also know that the word nodal comes from the fact that we're connecting a bunch of nodes, right? Nodes of information. We're connecting people's medical records, their social records, what they want and they hope for and who they are. And they should also know that in a very geeky sense, the word nodal is the name of a gene that's required for all embryos to develop. So that's the sciencey side of me. And by the way, every tree that grows, the buds of a tree start on the nodes. And so family trees are built with a series of nodes. Um, but hopefully they look at, you know, however they think of the word nodal, they think of the fact that they're gonna go to a site and they're gonna look at what we have, which is very open and honest and transparent to at least understand what they're gonna about to embark upon or maybe what their neighbor already did. Or maybe someone that they know, there'd be a great surrogate that just never thought about it. So it's a, it's a real, platform for people who just are in the business like us of helping people start and grow families. Wonderful. And I love the the thought process behind and the meaning behind your company name. It just really also translate into how thoughtful this whole process is and the, how you're trying to make it um, just more accessible and approachable for people who are trying to create their families. So thank you so much uh, for this wonderful resource and also for taking the time to speak with us today, Dr. Levine. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. And thank you so much for making this an important focus of your podcast. So thank you. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Responding to Life podcast. I hope you found the conversation with Dr. Levine to be helpful for those out there listening who are looking for alternative methods to create their family. For more information on Nodal, please check them out on their website, nodal.com as well as on their social media which is nodal health as a reminder i now offer fertility pregnancy and parenting specific meditations and life coaching sessions as well as online workshops and my two books on mindfulness 
simply go to my website, jatlurie.com for more info. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at josephinerlurie. Lastly, I now offer free support groups via the Peanut app. Download the free app and look for my support groups. The first one is called Journey to Motherhood for TTC and Infertility Wellness. And the second group is called Thrive and Grow Pregnancy, Postpartum, and Mamahood Mindfulness Support. I'd love to connect with you on a more personal level via these groups.